You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. Hello and welcome into another Three Maw. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young and Cole Manbeck. We are here talking football, talking K-State offense today, people. Cats are going to be pretty good, I think, offensively. Uh, Cole has his over-unders to get to today, and we're going to find out what uh, D.Y. saw at the latest open practice and uh, what he heard from Colin Klein and company. So, looking forward to all that here on the show today. As always, this show is brought to you by our friends at Holiday Distillery. You guys know the drill. Go get your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon for whatever it is that you're celebrating this summer. If you are going to the Lake House, Cole popped up. One year ago today, we were at the Lake House, came up on my Facebook memories today. Uh, we are not there right now, but if we were, I'm sure we would have Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon, perhaps some 360 vodka as well. So if you're going out to the lake, make sure you get that. Get ready for tailgate season as well. That's SZN tailgate season. It is rapidly approaching. So stock up, support our friends at Holiday Distillery because they support us and they are great K-State folks as well. So uh cole if we can get if we could get colin klein to come would we get an invite to the lake house or like what's uh what's what's the thought on that i think i would uh prefer taylor bratt maybe or uh yeah. along those lines He's but uh hired to colin klein don't i don't, I don't think I, about this i i am not sure that colin would be comfortable in uh that environment with us guys i don't want to put him through that of being around us uh, our behavior may not be up to snuff not that taylor isn't well behaved but uh yeah, like now what are you doing to taylor you're just going and throw a taylor under the pool <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just just hit restart here uh i uh i just just dug myself just dug myself some holes with uh both taylor and colin uh i all right, Colin, I'd love to have you there uh, with us. I'm not going to turn down a Heisman uh, finalist or a uh, one of the best offense coordinators in college football. So, Colin, you come. Taylor, you come, and we'll be very well behaved. That reminded me, with the, the last question that Colin Klein got at today's press conference was uh, if, if he was watching all the documentaries that were about everyone but him. <laughs> yeah, what, Manti Teo and Johnny Football. Johnny Football documentary, weird vibes, man. I... I came away with a lot of questions from that. Almost more questions than answers. Very weird. But, uh, D.Y., before we get rolling, is there anybody on the coaching staff you would like to uh, throw under the bus? No, I'm not that stupid. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, touche. Uh, well, speaking of the media availability that you just talked about, uh, got a little open practice, got a chance to talk to uh, Colin Klein and some of the members of the offense. What are the biggest takeaways? I, if you want, I will supply you with just one of mine from what I was seeing on social media. It seems like this this Keegan Johnson hype train is really rolling, man. Uh, and I'm here for it. I'm very much here for it. I want K-State to have a prolific, dynamic offense. And if Keegan Johnson is really that dude, you pair him with Ben Sinnott, Trayshawn Ward, B.J. Giddens, and obviously Will Howard, man, this thing could really, really be up. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of, you know, the speaking engagements, the press conference, so to speak, uh, it was inside his team off to the side of the field. But I, I would say the biggest takeaway from that setting would be the the hype around Keegan Johnson really isn't slowing down. It's probably picking up more steam. Um, and at this point, just the way that they're talking about him, it would be a shock if he wasn't a prolific wide receiver this season for Kansas State. I'm expecting really big things out of him. Um, so, just, yeah, just in the talking stuff, I think that, that kind of stands out quite a bit. Uh, the fact that Jake Rubley's second quarterback, not that it's a surprise, but I think that's a takeaway to have that uh, th they've been very eager and willing to talk about Avery Johnson in terms of the back of quarterback role and being a contender for it so much so that, you know, they leave out other names that hasn't really bothered them. They just said they, they often speak it that it was just Avery Johnson and Jake Rubley, but it sounds like whether it be for on-field performance or maybe just a play-in, in terms of, of a red shirt, I think Rubley's probably separated himself from the way that they spoke today and kind of claimed that number two job 
in terms of the actual practice, I think we got probably 25, 30 minutes or so to watch in there and wasn't necessarily special team stuff, but obviously some of that is stretching. And then it's really just positional drills. I thought we kind of got a sneak peek as to who would be the starting offensive line. Again, not a surprise. It's all the guys from last year, except the right tackle is Carver Willis, while Christian Duffy is is out nursing an injury. And I thought a, a, another takeaway to have was probably who wasn't practicing more than anything, just because you you don't really get a, a good glimpse of what things are going to be outside of maybe a sneak peek at the starting offensive line. The fact that Daniel Green didn't practice, the fact that Uso Sayamalo didn't practice, I thought those were, were two notable developments. And obviously those were some things that we had already kind of covered on KSO. So for those that, you know, are on the board and stuff like that, that wasn't a shock to them either. Cole, any, anything you want to add from what you saw? I know you weren't there, but what you saw on social. Well, uh, Daniel Green and Uso, not severe or expected to be long-term, correct? Be what? Correct. And I thought, Probably even more positive news in terms of the Daniel Green front. I don't know how much time he's going to miss, but it won't be a lot of time whether he misses a game or not. Um, that's probably TBD. But I thought uh, the fact that he was already on a stationary bike, I thought I thought that was a good, solid step in the right direction. Well, like you, I mean, the Keegan Johnson hype train just continues to roll down the tracks, and I think that Keegan Johnson could be potentially the, the most talented wide receiver that K-State's had since Tyler Lockett. So uh, I am excited to see what K-State can do with him in this offense. That certainly caught my ear. D.Y. on the uh, the quarterback front real quick, with Avery being deemed the number three quarterback, do you think it's similar to what they did last year where they said that Rubley was the number two, Howard was the number three because they were going to try to preserve Howard's red shirt? But if something, heaven forbid, happened to Will Howard that was maybe longer term, that they flipped the script and go to Avery like they did with Will Howard last year when they knew it was going to be long term with Adrian? That could be. That could be. Um, but I think Rubley has probably put himself in a better spot to be the number two no matter what, as opposed to last year. Because everyone knew Will Howard was above Jake Rubley on the depth chart, but it just was dependent upon the situation because they wanted to redshirt Will Howard. Now, they want to probably, you know, ideally redshirt Avery Johnson, but I don't know that it's a slam dunk that Avery's actually ahead of Jake Rubley on the depth chart the same way that it was a slam dunk that Will Howard was. So that could be the case but I don't think it's a slam dunk that it is the case. I think Jake Rubley has probably put himself in a spot where he has the chance to be the number two no matter what. Um, that doesn't mean there's probably not cases where Avery Johnson sees the field just because he brings a different athleticism element that nobody else certainly does. I mean, even Will Howard said today that every time Avery Johnson takes off with the ball in his hands, he thinks he's going to score a touchdown. So that's how dynamic of a playmaker he is. We're just going to talk buzzworthy players. Obviously, Keegan Johnson, the hype train there. I think that you guys covered that well, and, and that's pretty powerful at the moment. But we've heard a lot, of, starting to hear a lot about Uso, Samalo, even though he's out right now, and Will Lee at corner. And when Colin Klein was asked who's two players that has given his offense fits, you know, a real pain in the butt, those are the first two he mentioned. The only two he mentioned. I love that about Will Lee. Uh, I definitely love that. He's headed in the right direction for sure. Yep. <clears throat> well, I want to go back and <clears throat> touch a little bit more on Avery. Uh, how do you incorporate a package for him successfully? And maybe I'm like putting the cart before the horse a little bit on that, assuming that there will be something there. But you know, you seem to open the door to that by like how do you how do you effectively do this? Because I'm all, I'm all for it, especially in the day of making sure that guys aren't going to transfer and keeping players happy and He's so dynamic, I understand that they all rave about him and he's doing all the right things to put himself in position to get on the field. But how can you actually execute that in a way that's not going to uh, throw off the offense too much? That That's a good question. It's not one that I really have the answer to because as you are kind of alluding to, flow and rhythm is a big part of playing quarterback and a big part of an offensive, you know, moving the ball, you know, in they also have to deal with the the new clock rules and everything of that nature. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts here. I wonder if that's only used a play here and there. 
and not necessarily. I don't know if you can, because you can't, if Will Howard is who we think Will Howard is, you can't take him off the field for an extended period of time or even a full drive. Um, that's just point blank. So incorporating anything with Avery Johnson will be interesting. Uh, I'm not a fan of two quarterbacks on the field at the same time when teams try to do that either. But I think if he is as dynamic with the ball in his hands as we're being led to believe, and I think we all knew that would probably be the case just based off what he's done in his football career already, then at times I think you want to deploy that, but doing it in the right moment um, and the right amount, is that's going to be a challenge for Colin Klein. Is it something you play around with against Simo and Troy to see what it would look like? Um, I would say there's potential for that. But if you want to redshirt him, then you're burning one or two games of the four already there as well. So there's a there's a lot of things to kind of consider. Uh, good topic by you to bring up. I mean that that's why you brought it up. That's there's a lot of moving parts. Well, I mean Bill Snyder one time had Daniel Sams a running back, Jake Waters a quarterback, and that worked swimmingly, Cole. So I mean I, I think we could just you know we could move right along there. Two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Avery at tailback. I don't even remember that. So, you don't remember that at Oklahoma State? I think they they rolled that out there. Daniel Sam for like two snaps. Was it was it a running back? Oh, uh, well, I'm sure I tried to to block it from my memory because I assume things didn't go well um, when we did that. I assume we lost that game. Yeah, I believe that was the. Uh, do I have that right? That that was the game when the, the Sam's got screwed on a fumble. Anyway, I'm not going to go into my Daniel Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did not go well. It did not go. well. And you, you got to be making sure that you're not putting Avery Johnson in arm's way by just wanting to use his legs, too. Correct. Correct. And he's still, I mean, I know he's bulked up some, but he, he definitely is a guy that is still fairly skinny here at this stage in his career. Yeah. Good good problems to have. Good problems to have all the way around for the offense, which is why we're sitting here talking about the offense. And uh, can this offense actually be better without Deuce Vaughn, who was busy showing out in the Cowboys' first preseason game here over the weekend. Uh, we will address that after we give a shout-out to our friends at Home Field Apparel. Cole, Home Field Apparel? Yeah, Home Field Apparel. Uh, they've got a new K-State line out there. I can't wait to get my hands on the new gear, including the new Cat Script basketball logo stuff that is out there, which is just chef's kiss, man. Love that logo. Love that logo. We need to be using that more, and I am uh, 100% here for it. The previous new drop had the great Copper Bowl shirt that I love wearing, the black long sleeve tee. They've got all sorts of stuff. Trends retro. That's what the kids are doing. We're trying to get you hip. We're trying to get you cool. Brett Yormark says the Big 12 needs to be younger, hipper, cooler. You can get younger, hipper, cooler by ordering your home field apparel and rock the cat's gear there. Make sure you get to homefieldapparel.com. Even if you don't want K-State, they've got over 100 other schools there. You can mix and match. I have plenty of friends that have done that. There is all sorts of great stuff there. And... If you're a first-time customer, all right, we've got the hookup for you. It's 3MAW23. That is the discount code. 3MAW23 if you're a first-time customer uh, to get a 15% discount on your order. So please head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Get that done. Uh, tell them 3MAW sent you with the discount code, and uh, we'll see you out of Bill Snyder Family Stadium this fall looking great. More on the K-State offense coming up. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What's good, everybody? It is Ben Heisler from Benny and the Bets here on KCSN. And if you are ready to go the distance and improve your golf game like I am in the process of doing, I want you to head on over to PXG right here in Kansas City and take the PXG Gen 6 Driver Challenge. They are confident in the Gen 6 that they're putting their money where their mouth is. If their Gen 6 driver does not deliver more distance, more carry and roll, higher dispersion compared to your current driver when you go in for a fitting, they got you covered with a $100 MasterCard reward card. That's it. Go in for a driver fitting. See if your driver is up to their driver. And if it is, you get a $100 MasterCard reward card in the process. This is an unbelievable opportunity to upgrade your game with a custom fit PXG fitting. I've had it at the Kansas City store with Alex. It was one of the great experiences I've had in a golf fitting period. So take the PXG Gen 6 driver all throughout the month of August and get ready to hit those fairways with confidence. So visit your local Kansas City store or head on over to pxg.com for all the terms and conditions. PXG. Nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period.
All right, Colin Klein, uh, thrown under the bus at the beginning of the podcast, but we will redeem it here. He's one hell of an offensive coordinator. He got offered the OC job at Notre Dame, did not take it. He is back for year two in control of his K-State offense, and perhaps more importantly, year two of working with Will Howard at quarterback. So let's start there. What kind of an advancement are you expecting to see out of the offense, just in terms of schematics, like what Colin Klein is able to do now with more familiarity being the OC, D.Y.? I would just say probably get a lot more creativity, um, and maybe with that creativity you're able to take a, a few more shots that you probably weren't ready to do last year. I think you're talking about expanding the playbooks, a wrinkle to a play here, a wrinkle to a concept to your, you know, different blocking concepts as well with with certain plays. I don't think the casual fans probably are not going to notice a whole lot different, but I think if you really dig into the weeds, you're just going to see some slight changes that make themselves maybe more difficult to plan against um, and able to take more shots and be more aggressive in certain situations because I think by nature, Colin Klein's probably a bit more aggressive of a play caller than what he was really able to do last year. That's the sense that I get. So that would be my takeaway there. And, and obviously you could do a lot more when you have a returning quarterback that is really comfortable and is unskinned and, and with the playbook. I mean, I think that's the big thing, right, D.Y.? I mean, you got Will Howard back, who's an incredibly intelligent quarterback. I mean, Stan Weber, when we had him on at Big 12 Media Day, said he's the smartest quarterback in college football. Like, he had a bunch of Ivy League offers coming out of high school. You know, he's picked up the playbook. He's been in the system for a long time, and this is the first time with Colin Klein as the OC where he doesn't have, you know, Adrian Martinez was new last year, and Adrian was smart, was here for spring ball, but still, this is different. Will Howard knows what Colin Klein wants, and I think that's a big part of it. They're able to call more and be more aggressive because you have a starting quarterback that knows what he's doing out there, and you have an offensive line that is very experienced with all those starts across the board with everybody back that you're able to put a lot of trust in, in what you're doing offensively from a schematic standpoint. I think they might even play with a little bit more pace this season. I, I you know, Last year we saw the plays sped up more. They ran a higher number of plays per game last season, and I think they might jump that up even more. I mean, I think it was Connor Riley, the offensive line coach, said Colin would love to score 50-plus points a game on average. So I think they're going to be very aggressive offensively, and I actually think this offense in year two of Colin Klein's system, with all the pieces they have returning and some of the guys they brought in, could be better than they were last year. And I think that's saying something, because this was a pretty darn good offense in the back half of last season. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I share the same optimism for the offense. Now, I would still call it just optimism. I don't know that I would outright predict it as of right now, especially the the tough part is here. We're sitting here talking about this as we're watching Deuce Vaughn light it up in his preseason debut. And I understand preseason and, you know, against some backups when he's playing in the game in the second half. But he, you, you see just what a special talent he is out there on the field. We know how much the offense ran through him and how much he affected things even when he wasn't touching the ball just by how much attention was being paid to him. But, I mean, I also heard D.Y., um, I believe it was Will Howard talking today about Treshawn Ward, the uh, cuts. I believe he described them as filthy, filthy cuts that he can put out on the field there. I mean, and he, he clearly is a stud. We saw D.J. Giddens look really good last year. We probably don't talk enough about that because of Treshawn Ward and because of Deuce Vaughn last year was so overshadowed. But man, I don't know. With Treshawn and Ben Sinnott, and if Keegan Johnson really is the real deal, I, I do think there probably is a path to being able to maintain being as explosive as they were. I'm going to dip here into the uh, the Cole Manbeck research department, but K-State had uh, more explosive plays of 20 or more yards than any season since 2011, since at least 2011 last year. So is it possible that the offense can be as explosive as they were last year. As explosive, maybe through the air, um, running the ball. Here's a, I think they're going to be better down to down this year. Last year, they were kind of inconsistent and relied on explosives almost exclusively at times because the offense would bog down. And part of that's probably just being year one in the call and system. I'm not saying they're going to be not they're not going to be explosive. I, I would still imagine they would be, especially if Keegan Johnson's the deal, Ben Sinnott. Uh, you know what you're getting with him. You got Will Howard returning at quarterback. But I think the the biggest improvement that they're going to be able to make from last year is to be better uh, on a down-to-down basis, more consistent. Like I, their, their rushing success rate last year wasn't really that good. 
um, relative to what they had running the ball in Deuce Vaughn. Um, and that just shows you the down-to-down stuff kind of came and went a little bit with some inconsistency. So I think if they're going to be much improved in any aspect offensively this year, it's going to be the success rates from down-to-down. I, th- I think they're going to be lethal on just about every play. I, I think you bring up a great point, Ny, because like if you read Bill Connolly's evaluation of this team looking into it, K-State was very reliant on explosive plays last year, 64 plays of 20 or more yards. Now you lose Malik Knowles and Deuce Vaughn, who accounted for 32 of those plays out of the 64. They're gone. K-State was 59th in the country in success rate last year offensively. So they weren't great down to down and had to rely on some of those explosives, which is unique to K-State because in the past, they didn't have nearly as many explosives. And, you know, heck, it, it probably goes well beyond 2011, those 20 plus yards in terms of the number of plays because it's had. I just did not have time to go through any more game logs. And I thought it was an impressive enough stat at that point that I was like, all right, I'm calling it. 2011 and on, we're talking about 12 plus seasons that, you know, 64 plays of 20 or more yards. So can they be as explosive? That's the question, John. Keegan Johnson at Iowa in his true freshman season averaged 20 yards per reception. He had six catches, I think, of 35, 40 yards um, on that season. Treshawn Ward, we've talked about it before, 11 carries over 20 yards last year on just 95 touches. And Deuce Vaughn had 13 last year on 293 carries. Uh, so basically a, a little less than a third of the carries for Treshawn Ward and just two plays shy of 20 rush yards plays or more. Uh, I think that's a significant thing. Now, Treshawn Ward, can he be the bell cow? He doesn't have to be the bell cow. You know, I think they got two running backs this year. They really trust in DJ Giddens and Ward so they can kind of split time up. And I just, I think it's a really talented backfield um, between those two. I think they're a perfect blend of of speed, explosiveness, and power with DJ Giddens and what he brings to the table. And so, I mean, look, Treshawn Ward, pro, pro football Focus college uh, had Treshawn Ward as the second best returning graded running back in the Big 12 behind Baylor's Richard Reese. Now, we know Ward's not technically a returning running back in the Big 12, but that speaks volumes. He's the Big 12 Newcomer Player of the Year as well. And if you combine what Giddens and Treshawn Ward did last year, over 1,140 yards combined and 6.2 yards per carry uh, between the two of them. And, you know, if you look at every running back tandem returning in the 14 Big 12 schools, that is the second highest yards per carry mark behind only Harvey and Richardson at Central Florida. So this is a very talented duo. I think they can be a legit rushing attack. And you guys mentioned it, Ben Sennett, his last six games last year, over 16 yards per catch, which led, he led the the Big 12 in receiving yards per catch among tight ends, which is better than J- Jatavion Sanders, who's considered a first or second round pick from Texas at the tight end position. Senate is explosive, averaged 52 yards a game receiving over the last six games last year, really came on. And then Keegan Johnson, I mentioned, I think he can be really explosive in the passing game too. Well, let me throw this out there too, as far as... Um... The, the offense is concerned down to down uh, because I know I, I fully understand. I remember last year the offense being very reliant on explosive plays, but it, it was probably more so that way when Adrian was the quarterback, right? Like when Will was the quarterback, they were moving the ball a little bit more consistently. Like in the, I, I can think back to like the Texas Tech game. It felt like it was just nothing, nothing. Adrian goes for 60 yards, like nothing, nothing. Deuce pops out a big chunk play. I mean, it's that seemed like the way that they had to operate more when Adrian was a quarterback. The offense would stall a little bit more. And I don't know, Cole, I'm, I'm not, I'm putting you on the spot here expecting like numbers for what it was like with Will at quarterback, but they were just so damn good at moving the ball all the time and chunk plays probably, but I don't know that they were all technically like 20 plus yard explosive plays that fit into that category. Well, certainly not. The well, Oklahoma so State. Will, oh, no, yeah, the Oklahoma State yeah. game, I would uh, say that they did, but uh, there, there was a couple of games in there, like the TCU and the Big 12 championship game, where it wasn't just all sunshine and rainbows with Will Howard at quarterback either. But for primarily, you are right that there is a big difference between when they had Adrian at the helm and when they had Will Howard at the helm. They operated much differently. I think that's probably right, but they were plenty explosive with Will at quarterback, too. So Will Howard completed 27 passes of 20 or more yards last season. 13.6% of his 199 total pass attempts went for 20 or more yards. That's the fourth best mark since the beginning of the 2012 season. Trails Jake Waters in 2013 at 15.3%. 
But then Colin Klein in 2012, 13.8%, Skyler in 2021 at 13.7%. So only 0.2% separates Will Howard from the second most percentage of his passes of 20 or more yards over the past 11 seasons. With Will Howard at quarterback, K-State averaged 36 points per game to 28 without him. 6.1 yards per play with Howard on the field compared to 5.7 yards per play without him on the field. Uh, K-State, you guys have heard me say this stat before, but 214 points on 59 non-garbage offensive drives and six Big 12 games with Will Howard at quarterback, which is an average of 3.63 points per drive. That would have ranked fifth in the country if extrapolated over the entire season. When Howard wasn't in at quarterback and the other six regular season games against FBS opponents, K-State averaged 1.98 points per drive. In other words, K-State saw an 83% increase in offensive efficiency when Will Howard was in at quarterback. And, you know, we talked about this before as well. Will Howard at quarterback rating of 82.5 last year. If he would have met the number of snaps needed to qualify for that ranking, he would have ranked number 11 nationally just behind North Carolina's Drake May, who's a projected top five, top 10 pick in the NFL draft. So I don't. I, I just know they were plenty explosive with Will too, John. But I wanted to make that point that the offensive numbers, as we've said before, just soared when Will Howard was on the field. Yeah, and I guess I, I brought that up to be like, look, I, I think with Will they can probably still maintain a lot of explosiveness and continue to be better down to down because he was he was just so effective all across the board. Like I would view that as a positive. Um, my my hypothesis, if it is true. Now, I'm going to pose a question to you guys here before we break so you can think about this for just a minute. Uh, but we've hit all the headlines, right? Will Howard, we know about him. We've talked plenty about him throughout the offseason. We know about the running backs. Trayshawn Moore your Big 12 Newcomer of the Year preseason. You've got DJ Giddens, Ben Sinnott, potential All-American tight end, Keegan Johnson, huge ceiling at receiver. And we know Cooper Beebe, too. We should not, let, lest we forget Cooper Beebe, who is probably the best player on this team and uh, going to be a first or second round draft. But outside of those guys, all the headliners, who is the most important player to this offense? That will be the question when we come back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cole, you're going to be the guy to answer this one first. I'm going to give uh, Derek a break here. So I've been going to DY first on everything. Who is the most important player outside of that group of headliners to the K-State offense in 2023? So to, just to confirm, we're removing BB, Will Howard, Keegan Johnson, and Ben Sennett, and the running backs? Yes, correct. 
Yep. Okay. Um, (laughs) Thank you for removing practically, you know, all the firepower there. Uh, I would say here, here's, I'm going to inside baseball here. I'm looking at the outline Cole sent me and said like, who is something to the effect of like, who are we not talking about enough? Who's going to be a breakout player on the offense? And I thought, well, here's a, here's a more fun way to bring that up a more challenging way to, to test the metal of everybody here. How about, Outside of all these dudes we've been talking about, who else is the most important? I mean, I get like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get where you're going with it. I mean, I, look, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this. This was the buzzword guy last year. I think it's R.J. Garcia. I mean, I, I think he has to have that year where he comes forward, where you have that number three wide receiver because you have Keegan Johnson and Ben Sennett in the passing game that can be explosive, but we haven't seen it yet from R.J. Garcia on a consistent basis. So I think it's him. And that's not to overlook Philip Brooks, which, you know, D.Y. might have to say Philip Brooks because Philip Brooks is as consistent as they could be. 43 catches for 543 yards in 2021, 45 catches for 587 yards last year. So you can pretty much count on him for 500, 600 yards receiving. He's a very important piece, but I I just already kind of trust him. So it's really, can R.J. Garcia take that jump? I I would agree. Uh, The only thing I was laughing at, John, was you basically said, Take away all these six or seven dudes. Who's the most important after the first six or seven? But uh, the best answer is RJ Garcia. Like Cole, Phil Brooks probably deserves some mentioning here. But you kind of know what you're going to get with Phil Brooks. So I think it's like, who can you get that extra little bit else from? Whether it's RJ Garcia, Jaden Jackson, whoever it may be. I, I think that that next guy is the one that has to be the most important. If they don't get enough production from that third spot. Um, it becomes a little bit easier to take away Keegan Johnson or Ben Sinnott. You can take away one of those, and you, you only have to worry about the the harm that the other is going to do, and there's no one else stepping up. But you just devote a lot more attention to the guys that you asked us not to eliminate. So that third receiver, whoever it may be, it looks like it's trending towards RJ Garcia. If they can really pop, um, that makes Kansas State that much more dangerous. I didn't go with anybody on the offensive line, D.Y., because I just have so much trust in the depth that they have up front outside of Cooper Beebe. I mean, I think they have so many guys they can go that I rely that that I have a lot of trust in. And it's hard to decipher. If you take away Cooper Beebe, it's hard to decipher one from another. I think K.T. Leviston's probably the next best. But how are you going to decipher who's more important between Leviston, Panzer, and Gillum? And, you know, I mean, that, that just made it more difficult. I thought the easiest answer was the receiver. Yeah, what if, what if you even just framed it as like wide receiver two? Because I know you're saying wide receiver three, but like, hey, if Phillip Brooks is going to be wide receiver two, those guys aren't ready, then all of a sudden he becomes very important. Like you, maybe you need a little bit more from Phillip Brooks than what you've been getting, even though we're saying, hey, he's been pretty steady and we know what we're going to get from him. I think they just need a, they need a really viable wide receiver two, whether that's Brooks taking a step forward, whether yeah, that's Brooks, yeah, whether it's Aiden Jackson, whoever. I think Phil Brooks is too. If he gets 45 catches, I, I have a hard time seeing two other receivers get more than 45. So. How, how many did Phil Brooks have last year? He almost 50. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's about that. All right. Fair enough. Um, let me let me just plan one last question here because I am curious. Didn't we see a, a really nice highlight of Christian Moore on the socials at one point here in, in fall camp? Like, do we expect anything out of any other tight ends besides Ben Sinnott on the offense? Oh, if it is, I mean, Will Swanson's probably going to be that inline guy like Sammy Wheeler was last couple of years. And I think Garrett Oakley is probably ascending. I would say those two are next. Okay. But whether they're ready to really make a splash or not, that's probably TBD at this point. I may have screwed that up too. I may have my tight ends mixed up on who we actually saw. But... Christian Moore is more fullback. Than fullback, okay. And, and yeah. they're, they're eliminating that spot more than me. Well, this is this is why you're the big J, D.Y. You know, I just I just look on social media, you know, all right, let me flame people with a tweet here. That's that's all I do. You're the professional. Um, okay, Cole, are we ready for your your over unders? I think so. I think we're ready. You guys ready to uh, get dunked on again, like I dunked on you last year? I won't play back and uh, repeat all the misses you guys had last year while I nailed everything. But um, yeah. yeah, who was who was the most impressive at their picks last year? me <laughs> you're not just saying that it really was you. i 
I, I went back and listened and I actually recorded everything onto my phone of some of the things you guys said. And I just have to say, D.Y., you really bullied me on the turnover thing. We'll talk about that on the defense preview pod. But you made me feel really bad about myself and the number I said on the over under. And I quote, you just said a really bad number. And then uh, my number actually was understated and you thought I, I went too high. So anyways, uh, I digress. We will uh, we will move forward. Um, there were some very funny comments. Yeah, there were some very funny comments as I listened back. I would say I think I might have got like one more right than you guys overall. So you guys ready to go? No, I'm ready. Born ready. All right. All right. We're going to start with passing. The single season record for passing touchdowns by a K-State quarterback is 24. John D.Y., first off, a little trivia. Can you name the player who owns that record at K-State? Jake Watering. You are both wrong. L. Roberson, 24 passing touchdowns in 2023. I'm going to set... Wait, I'm going to set... Two, 2000, 2003. Two, 2003, I'm... Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I saw... I saw L on uh, Thank you. A of, of 2023, but I mean, look, he looks great, but I'm not sure that he was a guy that was going to be throwing 24 TE best. All right. Well, let's set the uh, let's set the over-under for Will Howard right there. So he had 15 had passing touchdowns last year and a little less than seven games worth of snaps. Let's set the over-under at 24. Does he break the record for single-season passing touchdowns? Pass. <laughs> I will say no. I'm going to say yes then. I'm going to say yes. I was basically just going to go the opposite of Derek and take the other side, especially if DUI was going to be the, the one doubting. I mean, that's this, so we're looking at two a game. Um, it's close, man. I feel like a part of this is I think if like a neutral observer looked at this offense and the trajectory that Will was on last year and then what they have coming back this year, the weaponry that he has at his disposal and the offensive line, I think most people would look at it and say, hey, with with an elite up-and-coming offensive coordinator, like, yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to be over. But I think we're trapped in the world of watching the K-State offense for the last 10, 15 years where, you know, passing the ball was very hard. Uh, I'm not sure who invented this forward pass but it was a very difficult thing at many points over the last 10 to 15 years to pull off for the K-State offense. So I'm a little bit just trapped in that world of being a K-State fan and seeing what the offense has looked like. But I'm going to say, damn it, yes. He gets I mean, it. 20, 24 is a really low number to be your school record, so that kind of um, feeds into what you just explained about the K-State offense over the years. I really wanted to say yes, and it, there's a part of me that thinks I'm going to be completely wrong, but I... I wonder if that running game really gets going. So that's that's my thing with an offensive line that's as elite as this one should be. You guys called me last year on the uh, the over unders, Homer Cole, because I think I went over on everything optimistic and under on anything that could have been negative. And I'm going to be Homer Cole again. I am taking the over. I think Will Howard shatters the record. I think he's close to 30 passing touchdowns. Okay, well, no, I see him by my Homer Cole statement. But. Close, yep. close to 30 isn't necessarily shattering it. That'd be beating it by a few. Uh, that would be a 25% increase over, uh, you know, 24, but thank you, whatever. Uh, uh, only two quarterbacks in school history have eclipsed 3,000 passing yards in a single season. First of all, can you guys name the two quarterbacks at Kansas State? Over 3,000. Take Waters. Waters and Freeman. That's correct. 2017 or two. Uh, I just keep adding a decade to every number I'm saying. 2007, Josh Freeman, uh, and then 2014, Jake Waters. All right, so let's set the table for you guys here. Will Howard threw for 1,633 yards last season, averaged out to 233 passing yards per game. You extrapolate that out over 13 games. That's an average of 233 passing yards, equates to 3,029 yards passing on the season now. That's including a Big 12 championship if you play 13 games or a bowl game, obviously. Does Will Howard eclipse 3,000 yards and become the third quarterback in school history to, to reach that mark? Over under 3,000 passing yards. Let's set it there. Over. I don't I don't think they're going to be averaging less than 200 yards a game. If you're over 200, like I said, you obviously have to get to about 233, but I, I don't think they should have a problem with this number because... As I said earlier, I do think 
that if they're going to be more explosive in any area on the offense, I think it is through the year. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. Another thing I'm taking into consideration here is like Clock staying healthy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I took the over on the touchdown passes, so I think I'm pretty locked in here to, to going yeah. over the, the passing yards. Yep. The clock, the clock rules could come into play because it might shave off a possession or two throughout a season, and maybe you're looking at, you know, fifteen less passes. I don't know. So I think that's something to keep in mind because some of these numbers are going to be lower than usual over time just because the clock isn't stopping on a first down. Yeah. I'm taking the over. Next. All right. Will Howard tied the single game record with four passing touchdowns last year against Oklahoma State. Does he break the record this year? John, we'll start with you. Say that again. Will Howard set the single game or tied the single game touchdown record last year with four passing touchdowns against Oklahoma State. Does he break that mark this year? I'm going to say no. I think he might tie it. I don't think he'll break it. I, I bet he'll he'll tie it once or twice, just like he did last year. Okay. So I'll take the over then because I'll be safe. Because if you guys think he's going to tie it, I'm not going to lose on it. I'll just either push or get right. So we are uh, we are good there. Uh, we're just going to fire through a couple of these rapid fire here. Uh, you, sp- you spoke of the rushing yards and injuries, John. I mean, entering last season, Will Howard had rushed for 548 yards on 110 carries, an average of five yards per rush. Last season, Howard ran the ball 35 times for 22 yards. Over under 125 yards rushing for Will Howard in 2023. Uh, I mean, I honestly kind of hope that it's under. Like, I don't, I just don't want the guy running. I want the offense to take care of itself without him having to run. So, uh, wishful thinking, I'm going to say under. I, I will say under because I think in Colin Klein's ideal situation, he's creating an offense that doesn't have to be dependent at all on a quarterback running. And, and Will Howard is mobile enough, but man, this isn't like the most fleet of foot quarterback in the world either. Uh, I think he want like he told us on a prior three mile pod, I think he wanted to be what he said, less of a stiff than he was a year ago. But I think that's just being more mobile in the pocket to be able to deliver the ball. Yeah, I'm, so I'm going to take the under on this as well. And a lot of that is also dictated by, I remember Will Howard last year having multiple times where he could have taken off and scrambled, but he kept his eyes downfield. And there was a play at West Virginia. I think he could have probably scrambled, maybe got a touchdown. He threw it into the end zone to Ben Sennett. So I think Will is a guy that always has his eyes downfield probably isn't going to scramble for very many yards he's going to be looking to throw so i'm going to take the under on that 125 yards all right we're going to move uh to receiving real quick guys so the uh, all-time record for receiving yards by a tight end was set by who at kansas state in a single season oh thomas hill justin swift uh it was 1991 john Boy, got uh, like Brad Seib, uh, uh, Russ Campbell, Russ Campbell, okay. Russ Campbell. All right, so Ben Sennett last year caught 31 passes for 447 yards. I mentioned earlier an average of 14.4 yards per catch. Led all Big 12 tight ends, ranked number four nationally in yards per reception for tight ends. His 447 yards receiving ranked sixth all time in a single season for a K State tight end, most since Jaron Mastrude in 2008. I am going to ask you guys, does Ben Sennett break or eclipse that 595-yard single-season record at Kansas State and set the over-under at 595.5 yards for receiving for Ben Sennett in 2023? I'm going to say a big hell yeah. Yes, I do think that Ben Sennett does that. I love that guy. And it seems like you can just tell me in the connection and the chemistry that he has with Will. I think that's his go-to guy. I'll say yes, but I think it's cool. I don't, I don't know if it's a slam dunk. I'm saying yes because he's that good and Will likes to look his way that often. So I think the opportunities are going to be there, even though he's going to command a lot more attention this season as well. Yeah, I'm going to take the over on this shocking, right? Homer Cole is once again here. I'm going to take it as well because I think those two have a dynamic chemistry together. I mean, I mentioned earlier, Senate, he was good against Oklahoma and Norman. But he really took off the back half of the season. I mentioned earlier his last six games, he had 309 yards receiving in six games, 52 yards per catch. So the majority of his receiving yards came largely with Will Howard at quarterback. 
Uh, Keegan Johnson, over under 700 receiving yards. Now, keep in mind, Malik Knowles had a career-high 725 yards on 48 receptions last season. Byron Pringle had 724 yards receiving in 2017. But Malik Knowles' 725 yards receiving were the most by a K-State receiver since Tyler Lockett in 2014 when he had 1,500-plus receiving yards. So over under 700 yards for Keegan Johnson. That's an easy over. Uh, that that might be the easiest over of the in, the entire allotment of questions, I think. Really? Yeah. I, I don't see a way where he doesn't have more than 700 yards. He's so explosive, too, like, and and they're talking about the way he catches the ball, like he goes and attacks it. I mean, that's what was lacking from Malik Knowles. So you're basically saying this is a Malik Knowles type receiver that doesn't have the flaw that Malik Knowles had. I think this is easily over. Yeah, I hate to be that guy again, but do we do we worry about his health at all? Do we worry about him? I, well, I don't think his health is really what kept him out. I think he just wanted to keep his redshirt alive, so he didn't want to play more than four games in the final year. I'll, I'll go. I'll go over, but it's that's a tough one for me. And again, I'm trapped in the old K State way of thinking, man. I mean, I waited for Malik for four years to get to that, so I'm not. I'm just not used to having nice, shiny things in the passing game. But I, I guess I'll buy what Derek sell it and, and go slightly over. I uh, I actually considered resetting the number after what we heard about Keegan Johnson today. I, I considered resetting the number to 2,000 receiving yards this season. I became very. Very optimistic, but uh, I kept it at 700. I'm going to take the over, and I think Keegan Johnson becomes the first 1,000-yard receiver since Curry Sexton and Tyler Lockett did it. But think about this, John. You're considering the under. If you if you were right about the under, it would mean he underperformed Malik Knowles last season. I don't see that happen. Yeah, we, we set the over-under on Malik Knowles last year at 600 receiving yards. You guys took the under. I took the over. I was right. You were wrong. He had 725 receiving yards. Yeah. I mean, no shots. No. You should have to give the ones from Iowa State back from that touchdown that he dropped at the Warren. Just about broke me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, John laid motionless on my basement floor, and I did not know if he was going to get up. Uh, that was a, that was a rough moment. I was pretty uh, pretty upset over that as well. Uh, RJ Garcia, let's do it one more time this year. We had 250 yards over under last year. Uh, we were wrong. All three of us took the over last year. I'm going to set the number at 300 this season. Over under 300. I'm John. Gonna, oh, John. I mean, he better be over that, I guess. So I'll say over. I'll say this year it should be more likely that he's over than last because at this point, we're under the impression that he's starting. Like last year, we would probably agree that Caden Warner, Malik Knowles, and Phillip Brooks were going to be the three starters. We probably just thought that they were going to dig into the rotation a little bit further. But if he's in the top three, he should be on the field enough to get that. All right, let's uh, let's go rapid fire. Just a couple more and we'll wrap up. DJ Giddens over under 800 rushing yards. I say under. I think under. It seems high. 800 is a little bit high given that they're going to do it by committee, but man, he had over 600 last year, right? Or close yeah. to yeah. um, 500 plus. Yeah. On eight. Yeah. So carries. I will say over because I think he's going to be the fourth quarter belt. I think Giddens is going to get more carries than Ward. Uh, Cause he's going to be that more physical back. I think Ward's going to be that guy that gets around 10, 11 carries a game, but busts a couple big ones. So I'm going to take the over on Giddens. Yeah, I it wouldn't surprise me with DJ Giddens. Like you said, I, I bet he ends up with more carries and I just think like they're just going to have him lean on that on opposing defenses that are already tired in the fourth quarter just because of his physical makeup and, and getting to split, you know, touches and, and reps with Trayshawn Ward for the first three quarters, he should be fresh enough to where he can really take a toll and and uh you know, put the icing on a game, so to speak. And he's always getting positive yards. I mentioned 79 of his 89 touches last year went for positive yardage, and 63% of his carries went for four yards or more. So he's just, he's been a consistent physical running back. Uh, Treshawn Ward, I actually have set the number here at 900 yards over under. Is that, so total, is that total receiving and rushing? No, I set that actually for rushing. I think it's under. I just, 
I think he, like you said, I think he breaks some this year, but I don't know that he'll get the amount of carries to hit that. I say, uh, I don't, for whatever reason, my knee-jerk reaction on both of those numbers is like, yeah, it feels a little high, but I don't I think I just got to go over. I'm a little trapped right now. If I'm taking DJ under, I guess I got to go over on Trayshawn Board. So I'm just going to well, think Think about this, guys. K-State rushed for over 2,900 2, rushing yards last year. Now they had Adrian Martinez that had over 600 and Giddens had over 500 and then Deuce obviously had almost 1,600. Um, if you're talking under for Giddens and Trayshawn Ward, you're talking about like 1,600, 1,700 rushing yards. Where's the rest of the yards coming from? Because you're probably not yeah. running, Will, a lot. So... I, I think I will yeah. take the – yeah, Joe Jackson has a shot, definitely. I mean, and Avery could have a package like we talked about at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to lean uh, – the shocking. I'm going to take the over once again. Uh, yeah, I know that's a tough one. Trey shot Ward last year, 95 carries for over 600 rushing yards, and I just think he's probably going to be at like 150-plus carries this year, and I, I think he'll have some enough explosives that he gets to that 900-yard mark. If they get all those rushing yards, how are they going to hit all those passing records that you're talking about? Oh, we're talking about the most half offense in the country. That's why. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be the number one rushing and passing offense in the entire country. DY, college football offenses run through Manhattan, Kansas, all right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that, I had a couple more, but I I, I know we're going to record it, a defensive pod too, guys. So uh, I think that's probably the most interesting one here. We went on the record with those, and uh, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts, but that's uh, all I got. Well, now that we've established that uh, that this offense is going to be the 2001 Rams, uh, or I don't know what year was the greatest show on turf, whatever the whatever the hell year that was. You couldn't go with the you couldn't go with the Chiefs, something more recent, you know, right in our backyard. Well, but they had the greatest show on turf nickname. So the 2000 Rams, you know, Cade Warner played last year for K-State. He's gone. Now Kurt Warner is coming in at quarterback and going to be the 2000 Rams this year is what uh, the K-State offense is going to be. So I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. Uh, We do have a defensive preview pod coming up. So uh, stay tuned for that here on the feed. Thank you to our friends at uh, Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. Get your stuff now. 3Mod23's discount code. Also, Holiday Distillery, Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon, 360 Vodka stock up here this summer. Tailgate season for Tucker Franklin behind the scenes. For Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, I'm John Kurtz. Thanks for listening to another three. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.